Hi, you're listening to the Sermon Podcast of Impact Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I'm Pastor Brandon, the church planter and lead pastor. We are a new church in the D.C. area that is centered on the gospel and sent to our neighborhoods, Northern Virginia, and the nations. Please visit our website at www.impactfxbg.church. There, you'll find our current meeting times and locations. Our prayer is that you are encouraged by the message you hear today and fall more in love with Jesus and others. Thanks for listening. Good to have you guys in the house. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, We're glad that you're here and uh, kicking off your holidays with us this morning. Uh, Man, we had a great time last night. Uh, If you joined us uh, over at the courtyard in downtown Fredericksburg last night for our Christmas Eve Eve service, wasn't that an amazing night of worship? And uh, man, you guys did a really great job. Yeah, let's give some praise to um, the Lord for last night. And those of you, if you're just joining us today, man, we're so glad that you are here. And, um, and so we wanted to make this experience this morning be, uh, if you missed last night, uh, you still get a little bit of that flavor, uh, but also a little bit different for those of you who were with us last night. And so we've got a great, uh, great team that's worked really hard uh, over the last few weeks to make this a special season, not just a special moment, but listen, a special season. Because here's what I know. I know that this service is only going to last for so long. You know, we've only got about four hours left um, of our service today. This is just a joke. I'm just kidding. Uh, Well, with a pastor, you never can tell if it's true or not. Um, But man, uh, we've only got so long here. And uh, what I know is our teams, man, they did not prepare months in advance um, just to have a nice little service for this one little hour, for this one little time. Uh, Man, what we are going for is for our lives to be impacted and affected for an entire season, Um, this this Christmas season, but even beyond that. Um, And so, man, that's really what we're going for. And our teams have worked so hard to make this a special time for you to focus on uh, what what truly matters, which is Jesus Christ. And so, man, can we just give a hand to all of those who have served so well uh, over Christmas to make this a special time for us? Um, And I also want to welcome those of you who may be uh, new to church. Um, Not just, this is what I love about Impact Church, this is not just Christmas. Really every week I feel like I meet someone who uh, I find out it's like their first time to church in five years, ten never been to church before. This is my first time ever to come to church. And so I wanted to just specifically say welcome to you if that's you this morning. One of the reasons we started this church two years ago is for you. Uh, we did not start this church to say, hey, we, you know, Christians really need more, more churches to go to and more choices when they pick a church. That's, that's very consumeristic. Uh, we're not like a grocery store or whatever. We're a church. And so we started this new church for people specifically um, who may have not gone to church in a long time or maybe have never gone to church or maybe are not sure of church because we're not here to convince you that church is awesome. We're here to tell you the good news that Jesus Christ is alive, and He is awesome, and we are here to praise Him and to worship Him, and we want you to fall more in love with Jesus 
um, as you are here. So, so welcome. We're glad that you're here. You may have noticed on your seats, uh, we got a lot of good stuff going on today, but you may have noticed some little response cards on your seats when you came in. Maybe you passed it down the row uh, or under your seat, and now is the time to meet your neighbor and get your card back. Um, and so we want to encourage everybody that's here today to fill that card out. Um, it's not just something for like first-time guests. This is something uh, every week we ask everyone to fill out this card. And we've got special ones for Christmas Eve. And so uh, you guys can just fill out some information. At the very least, give us a prayer request uh, on that card so that we can pray for you this week, um, especially as we enter into uh, Christmas uh, today and tomorrow. So um, as you guys do that, if you have a Bible with you this morning, uh, turn with me. We're going to read a couple of different passages today. If not, we'll have the words on the screen, but you can also feel free to follow along in your phone or tablet or whatever you may have brought with you uh, this morning. We're going to be in the book of Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, and we're just going to take a look um, at just a couple of things here in the Christmas story. Uh, you guys have already heard me read some of the Christmas story to our kiddos that were here, and, uh, and so we're going to read that now again uh, for all of us. And uh, as we read this, I want you to see a couple of things, and, uh, and I want to just ask this question, okay? And this is a question that, yeah, we asked last night, and if you were with us last night, you're going to notice some similarities in our message today, but I've got a couple of other things I want to I point out to you. But I want, I want us all to wrestle with this question this Christmas. Before you leave here, when you leave here, you just need to know there's probably a lot waiting on you, right? There's recipes to be had and food to prepare. Maybe there are people that you need to talk to or uh, host parties that you are going to host or things that you're looking forward to or uh, movies that we're going to watch. You guys going to watch some Christmas movies? I don't know. Okay. So you'll watch the best Christmas movie of all time. Christmas Vacation. Yeah, I'm sorry, what? The, the Muppet Christmas Carol. Well, that is much more heartily to talk about at church than what I just said, so that's really good. Um, absolutely, whatever your favorite Christmas movie is, I know you've got a lot of stuff waiting on you out there, but listen, if we're not careful, everything that we have waiting on us when we leave here is going to totally take all of our attention and everything about us away from the true meaning of Christmas. And then what's going to happen is you're going to get through Christmas. You, you are going to make it, by the way. You're going to make it through Christmas, and you're going to look back, and you're going to go, what kind of storm was that? What just happened in my life? Like, you're going to look back, and I don't know if you've got some time off coming up, or as you get ready for the new year, and it's just going to pass by like that. And then before you know it, it's going to be January again. And it's going to be the year 2024. And it's going to happen just like that. When you leave this room, when you leave this space, there are a gazillion things waiting on you for the next week of your life. A gazillion things. So here's my question. Here's my question. What are you going to do with Jesus? What are you going to do with Jesus? You got to do something with him. Okay, you can't just, he can't just be this theoretical idea, this good person who was moral and said some things and we read a book about him. Like, he can't just be that. You got to do something with Jesus. And every single person in this room is going to do something with Jesus today. 
And we are going to do one of two things. We are going to take Jesus and say, all right, great, I went to church, I check it off the list, Jesus is great, yep, I'm a Christian, I believe in that, that's great, now I can get on to the rest of the things I have to do for my holiday. And nothing in your life is going to change. Nothing. You are going to live the same absurdly crazy life that you are currently living, and nothing will alter. But then there are other people who, who are going to take Jesus and actually draw closer to Jesus and believe in Jesus, and Jesus is going to begin to alter and change your life. That is what you take with you next week. That is the only thing. What you do with Jesus is the only thing that is going to matter this time next week. The food you ate ain't going to matter. The pictures you took ain't going to matter. Trying to keep up with others on social media ain't going to matter. None of that stuff is going to matter. The only thing that's going to matter is what you do with Jesus this Christmas season. The only thing you can't do with Jesus is be indifferent towards Jesus. That's the only thing you can't do. The only thing you can't do is decide I'm not going to do anything with Jesus because everybody does something with Jesus. Everybody. You either embrace him and let him change your life or you pack him up in a box and store him away. But Jesus is alive, Jesus is real, and everybody does something with Jesus. So what we're going to do is take a look at a couple of different people and their responses to Jesus in the Christmas story, okay? So we're going to start out in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1. If you're there, say, I'm there. Oh, man, really good. Hey, I want to let you guys know, too, um, we've got some great goodie bags for the kiddos. Hopefully, you've already found those and some activity bags and some sermon notes pages for different ages. So, kiddos, you guys can follow along uh, with us as we go, too. Okay, Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says, In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called, everybody say Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary. Everybody say Mary. Mary. His betrothed, that just means engaged, intended to be married, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. The first person I want us to talk about today who had to do something with Jesus is our friend, the innkeeper. Now, here's the thing about the innkeeper. The innkeeper gets like literally one word in the Christmas story. Like that's it. There was no place for them in the inn. And in fact, it's the innkeeper doesn't even get a place in the story. His inn gets a place in the story. His hotel gets a place in the story. The innkeeper doesn't even really get a part. But somehow throughout history, we've made the innkeeper kind of part of the Christmas story. And I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, the innkeeper was kind of like the Scrooge of the story, right? Like he was the bah humbug, you know? Mary and Joseph, they come and, you know, Mary's like very pregnant, you know, like... 
uh, very, very pregnant. Uh, Joseph is, you know, leading the, uh, well, I thought it was a donkey, but the video said a camel, which would have been horrible to be nine months pregnant. Anyway, so they're like walking along, and, uh, and they knock on the door to the inn, and the innkeeper opens the door and says, what do you want? And they say, I, I, we're, we need a place. My wife is going to have a baby. It's the Son of God. Like, the Messiah has come, and we need a place to have this baby. And the innkeeper says, bah humbug, and slams the door. That's, that's what I always thought was in the Bible until I actually read the Bible. Then I realized none of that is in the Bible. Uh, actually, it's just a story my grandpa liked to tell. And so I just realized, like, those things aren't in the Bible, but we can sort of make up, you know, what was going through the mind of the innkeeper. Let me tell you what, what I think about the innkeeper. Now that I've had time to study and receive great theological training, I know no more than you do about the innkeeper. But here are some guesses. I bet the innkeeper was a pretty great guy. I do. I think he was a great guy. I think he gets a bad rap because every story needs a villain. For the Lord Jesus, keeper, to be the, the villain of the story, who had no room for the Lord Jesus at his birth, right? And um, we look at the innkeeper, but I bet he was a pretty great guy. I mean, I don't think he meant any ill harm or, or had ill intentions. I think he was a pretty great guy. I think he owned a business. He's probably a pretty successful businessman. Like, uh, there was a, it was a busy time. It was a busy time of year. Like, the registry was happening, so a lot of out-of-towners were coming into the place. And uh, not only that, there was a big Jewish festival happening during this time, the Feast of the Tabernacle. And so there were just a lot of people in town. And so it's not that the innkeeper was like, you know, no, I don't want you people in my hotel. Dude would have taken anybody's cash. You know what I'm saying? Like he'd have done anything. It wasn't that. It's just there was literally no room for him. And so the innkeeper made a decision that maybe anybody would have made. Like he's probably just, you know, your good old fashioned, working hard, trying to provide for his family, living the dream, salt of the earth kind of guy, right? Nothing major. He's, he was busy, though. It was the holidays. He had food to prepare. He had family in. He had other guests in his house. Every guest room was taken. Every bathroom was taken up. They were out of hot water. Like It was just mass chaos in the end. He was busy, really, really busy. And so, not out of anger, not out of bah humbug, but he delivers the news to Mary and Joseph, there's no room for you here. But he doesn't completely put them out because you know what? He says, in fact, uh, there's no room for you here, but if you guys want to go out back, I've got a barn. And if you can talk the, the sheep, the ox into it, you can go hang out with them in the barn and have your baby. Okay? I mean, that, that's what happens. And so, so the innkeeper, like, you know, he's busy, he's got a lot going on, but here's what we learn. The innkeeper did not have a problem with baby Jesus being born on his property. He had a problem with baby Jesus being in the house. And guys, if we're not careful, that is what we are all prone to do with Jesus. Is Jesus, I want you around for the holidays. I just don't want you in my life for the holidays. Jesus, I want you around. I want the nativity set up in my house. Maybe you even went all-star and got one of the big inflatable nativity sets to put outside. Like, Jesus, I don't mind if you're on the property. 
I don't mind if you're in the house. Maybe we'll even read part of your story to the children. And, and yes, we'll go to church and be reminded about you. Jesus, I don't mind if you're on the property, but I don't want you meddling in my life. And guys, that was the innkeeper's response to Jesus. And if we're not careful, that's going to be all of our responses to Jesus through Christmas. Is, hey, did you eat good food? Yes. Did you get good gifts? Yes. Did you hang out with people you like? Eh, for the most part. Did you, did you get to watch a Christmas movie? Yeah. Did you get to do some traditions? Yeah. Hey, what did you do with Jesus? Well, we went to church. But honestly, it's so much of a blur because we had so much going on. Guys, listen. I'm so glad that you're here. But the impact that Jesus has is not through checking him off a box, but it is through letting him in your life. And if Jesus is just on the property, but he is not in your life, then guys, we are the innkeeper of the story who had no room for Jesus inside of us, only around us. Well, let's keep, let's keep reading the story because now we're going to be introduced to a second wave of people and see what they did with Jesus. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. So turn with me there or scroll with me on your phones to Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And if you're there, say, I'm there. Awesome. It says, and in the same region, now stop right there, in the same region. Kind of like if we said in the same room. There are people who are going to, to be the innkeeper with Jesus. It wasn't about God appearing. It was about the heart response to Jesus being born. Here we go. In the same region, there were shepherds. Everyone say shepherds. shepherds. Out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord. Everybody say glory. glory. No, no, no. Say it like you're at church. Everybody say Glory. All right, much better. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. I would be too. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. Everybody say good news. Good news. Of great joy. Everybody say great joy. That will be for all the people. Everybody say everybody. Who is Christ the Lord? And this will be a sign for you. You're going to find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory, everybody say glory, glory, to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, well, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. Everyone say haste. And found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart, pondering them. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Everybody say, praise God. Praise God. The second group of people I want you to see are the shepherds. The shepherds. We talked about the innkeeper, but now let's talk about what the shepherds did. What did the shepherds do with Jesus? 
Well, the shepherds were the opposite of the, of the innkeeper businessman. Shepherds were lowly. They were poor. They were the rejects. Um, how many of you have seen the old claymation Rudolph? And actually, I want to say thank you uh, to the kind saint person who brought me a copy of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer uh, to see. Although it's not on VHS, it's on DVD. So, yeah, it was even better, I know. It's like an enhanced version. Um, if you guys have seen that, I want you to think Island of Misfit Toys, okay? That's the shepherds, okay? That's what we're dealing with. And so the shepherds, they're like the total opposite. But listen to what their response was to Jesus. Their response was twofold. Number one, they worshiped Jesus. See, a sign of someone who has room for Jesus a sign of someone who says, I don't just want Jesus around, I want Jesus in my life, is that they worship him. I'm not saying they, they sing songs to him. I'm not saying, you know, that they just come to church and sing a couple of songs. I'm talking they worship him with all of their might. Like worship is not singing. Worship is a heart posture. It's how you approach a king or someone of great value. Guys, that's what worship is. That's why worship happens all the time. Worship is not something you do at church. It is something you do the moment your feet hit the floor. The moment you wake up and your feet touch the floor, you begin worshiping. It is not a matter of are you worshiping. It is only a matter of what or who do you worship. The shepherds had a heart posture to go worship Jesus. And this is the difference between someone who says, I don't mind if Jesus is around. I just don't want Jesus on the inside versus someone who says, nah, we got to go. We got to go worship him. And it did not end there because not only did they worship him, but it says the shepherds went. They worshiped and they went. They worshiped baby Jesus, but then it says they left. They didn't stay there. Well, you guys aren't going to stay here. You got stuff to do, right? And we'll call security and stuff. So you're not, you're not going to stay here in the building. You're all going to go somewhere. The question is, how will you go? How will you go? This is why the shepherds, did, so did somebody say their car? That is awesome. That is awesome. I love that. It, listen, how will you go in your heart? See, some people, some people like, we'll go and we'll go, whoo, good, glad we got that over with. It was bad, but not as bad as I expected. And then we'll get back home because we got a lot of stuff to do, all right? That's typically how we'll do it. But listen now, the shepherds left. The shepherds left rejoicing and praising God. It literally says, the shepherds left glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Do you know why? Because worshiping Jesus changed their lives. Jesus is not a religion. Jesus is a relationship. And the difference is a religion says you got to do a bunch of stuff and be a good enough person to come to Jesus. And that ain't Jesus. Jesus is a relationship. He says, I'm actually coming because you people can't get your act together. I'm actually coming because for you can't do enough to please God. And so Jesus came and did it for you. 
Guys, Jesus doesn't want to win you over to a religion where you just check the boxes and try to be a good enough person. Jesus wants you. He made you. He wants you. He loves you. And Jesus came to this earth and he gave his life and he he gave a perfect life. Guys, the life that we're trying to live when we play religious games, Jesus did it perfectly. We, I don't know, I usually give up in the first 10 minutes because I watch movies like Christmas Vacation. So it just happens. We do stuff like that. Jesus did it perfectly. And then Jesus gave his perfect life as a sacrifice to die on the cross for us. See, the reason he had to do that for us is because our imperfection, the Bible has a word for it, it's called sin. And that sin, that imperfection, separates us from God. And separation, guys, leads to death and punishment. And God does not want you to be dead and punished. God wants you to be with him forever. And so God made a rescue plan. He said the only way to rescue them out of their darkness is to come in and do it for them. To do for them what they cannot do for themselves. And guys, that's why Jesus was born. That's why he came here. Is to do for you what you cannot do in the hamster wheel of a religious game. Jesus came and he broke the religious game. That's why religious people are so bitter. That's why religious people are never that happy. Because they can never get it right. But people who are in a relationship with Jesus have joy, have love have peace, have light in the midst of their darkness because they are in a relationship, listen, where they don't have to be the perfect one. See, guys, in my relationship with Jesus, he's the perfect one and I'm the broken one. And it meshes really well. It goes together really well. And and the reason why is because I'm not always trying to battle for him. Oh, Jesus, I don't need you on this one because I'm good. I got you. See, we're never battling because I'm always like, hey, I need help. I ain't got this. And when we do that, guys, we are in relationship with the perfect one. So the question is, what are you going to do with Jesus this year? What are you going to do with him? We We see two options here in Scripture. We see one option of the innkeeper where we can just have Jesus around us. And then when Christmas is over, we can say, we got that out of the way. We can pack it up and get on with the rest of our broken lives. Or we can be more like the shepherds who say, yeah, I am busted. I am broken. I am lowly. I do have darkness. But I know where the true light is. The light is found in Jesus. And you can go with him. Worship him. And then you can go about your life with him. Not just hoping he's around somewhere, sending you some good vibes and some nice karma, but is literally, sovereignly in control over every aspect of your life. So the question is, what are you going to do with Jesus? Worship team, you guys can go ahead and come up. Because here's what I know. I know this. I know that what you do with, say, Christmas dinner, is going to impact about 45 minutes of your life. It doesn't take y'all longer than 45 minutes to down Christmas dinner, right? No. 
Longer? Yeah, not me. 45 minutes. Here's what else I know. What you do with buying presents is going to impact one morning of your life. That's it. And then it'll be over. And in fact, in my house, I wouldn't even call it a morning. I'd call it like a moment. And then the cleanup is more of the morning. But the presence is going to impact one morning of your life. What you do with your family traditions is going to impact maybe one day of your life. But listen to me, church. What you do with Jesus is going to impact the rest of your life and an eternity. So I'm just asking, could we spend a little bit more time this Christmas on figuring out what we're going to do with Jesus instead of what we're going to do with everything else that we have going on? What we want to do tonight is we want to invite the light of Jesus to come in and pierce through our darkness. Have you noticed that the holidays tend to make you more aware of your darkness? Have you noticed that? Here's the secret. You're always in darkness. It's just the holidays remind you of it a little bit more. You're not more anxious. You're not more depressed. Your life isn't more messed up. It's always like that. You're just aware of it right now. Let me tell you this. What you do with Jesus today impacts every bit of that darkness. Because Jesus is the only one who can take away the darkness with his light. Everything else you have, the traditions, the food, the presents, the holiday stuff, the movies, the songs, everything else you have might make you feel better for 30 seconds. It is like a useless high that does nothing for you. But Jesus, Jesus is an everlasting relationship that when the darkness comes back, you know exactly where to run. So let me tell you in this place today, there is hope for your darkness. For your financial struggles, there is hope. It may not have dollar signs in front of it, but it's a person, Jesus, and he owns the whole planet. So he's a good banker. I don't know. I want to let you know that there's hope for the darkness when you are alone and you're struggling with that sin that nobody knows about and you would be totally embarrassed if you were ousted, I want you to know there is hope for that sin. And it is found in Jesus. It's not found through a program or picking yourself up by your bootstraps and trying a little bit harder. It is found in letting Jesus take control of your life. Hey, the darkness of your marriage... Jesus is the only light that can pierce through that. It doesn't matter how many therapists you go to, counselors you go to, man, those things are good. But let me tell you something. If you're trying to pierce through the darkness in your marriage and in your family without Jesus, it is a futile attempt. It is not going to happen apart from Jesus. 
taking full control. You know why? Because you're fighting for you, you're battling, but Jesus is love. Man, some of you, you're battling for your children. Your children are going through darkness. Maybe they're young kids and you're having discipline problems or they're older kids and they've walked away from Jesus and you don't know what to do. Let me tell you something. They don't need you pounding on them more. They need Jesus. And you go, Brandon, I don't know how else to get them, Jesus. Then you go to Jesus. You stop going to them. And you say, all right, Jesus, if you're real, let's see. And you start praying for them on your knees every day. Guys, here's what I know. The only hope that we have to pierce through the darkness we're going through is Jesus. It is going to do with Jesus. What I want us to do is I want us to take a moment and just pray and worship. So would you guys just bow your heads and pray with me for a second? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. God, we just pray that, Lord, you would pierce through the darkness, Lord, to to bring in your marvelous light into our lives and into our hearts. God, I pray for every life here today that before they go about with the busyness, Lord, they've been confronted with some darkness in their lives. So God, I just pray that Jesus, as we reach out to you, that you would bring healing, that you would bring restoration, that you would bring salvation, that you would bring reconciliation. Lord, I pray that you would pierce through that darkness as only you can. And just with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, you might be here today and realize, Brandon, I don't have a relationship with God. This thing you're talking about, dude, I don't have it. Hey, today, you can have it. There's, the good news is there's no magic formula. All it requires is that you believe in Jesus and what he's done for you, and you give your life to follow him. And so today, what I want to do is offer you an opportunity to give your life to follow Jesus. So just with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you want to follow Jesus today, and you've never given your life to him, then maybe you would pray something like this. This prayer is not in the Bible, but it's, it's just a, a prayer of what I would pray. And you can just pray it with me, ready? Dear God, just pray it to yourself. You have to be out loud. Dear God, I believe in Jesus. I believe Jesus lived a perfect life. I believe Jesus died on the cross to forgive me of my sin. Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. And Jesus, I believe that you rose from the dead. Jesus, I believe you are alive. And I am giving you my life to follow you from this day forward the best I know how. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You guys can all look up. Hey, this morning, we're so glad that you joined us and we're gonna sing for a little bit. Um, And I I wanna encourage you guys to do this. If you're here today and you got those response cards, 
And if you prayed that prayer and today you're serious about wanting to begin a relationship with Jesus, there's a little box on that card that just says today, um, I want to follow Jesus. And I want you to just check that box. And we're going to ask everybody that's here today to put their cards in that brown box at the giving station before you head out today. And that's the best way that I can follow up with you and help walk with you through the decision that you've made or answer any questions that you have. Hey, during this time, we're going to sing, but we're also going to take communion after this song. And so uh, would you, as we uh, go, would you please go to our communion stations if you're a follower of Jesus and grab a communion cup, but don't take it yet. Just bring it back to your seat. And then I will lead us in communion as we close our service today. Would you guys all stand with me? And let's worship the Lord. And this is a time you can come get your communion cups or you can give your tithes and offerings or response cards at the giving station. I'll come back up in just a second and lead us in our communion.
you guys have your communion cups. We're going to take communion together. And you guys can, uh, you guys can be seated for this. <clears throat> First thing I'm going to ask you to do is to peel back your wafer. got you. I got it. Thank you. Oh, actually, yeah. Thank you. All right, technical difficulties. I don't know who ordered these new communion cups. Hey, guys, the, the cracker, I've got Zeke up here. He's going to help me out. The cracker represents the body of Jesus that is broken for us. And on the night that Jesus was to be crucified, he broke bread with his disciples and he said, this represents my body that's broken for you. And every time you eat this, remember me. And so I'm just, just going to pray as we remember God and ask him to forgive us of our sins. Heavenly Father, would you please forgive us, God, through Jesus, of all of our sin that separates us from you. Would you pierce through the darkness with your marvelous light? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may eat. After he passed the bread, he poured the cup and he said this, represents my blood my blood that's poured out to forgive you of all of your sins for all of time and he said every time you drink of this remember me and so this morning we just want to remember Jesus this is a sign of what he has done for us and now a sign that we say this is what I'm doing with Jesus I will remember him throughout everything that happens this weekend his blood is what's most important. So let's pray together. Hi, Pastor Brandon here. Thanks again for listening to our Impact Church Sermon Podcast. If God has spoken to you today or you have a prayer request you'd like to share, please email us at hello at impactfxbg.church. If you're local to the Fredericksburg area, we would love to see you for worship in person. But if not, please let us know if we can help you find a gospel-centered church right where you're at. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram and on our website, www.impactfxbg.church. Until next time, keep living the dream.